0: Welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast. Before we get in to the great debate over what was the most important match this week, I got to peel back the curtain on what Mike and I are debating. Because he has a mint condition, space jam, pog, slammer. I have a fake, gold, tacky, Basically, like cheat code. It's so thick. Whataburger slammer. What? And I just want to know what the American public
1: thinks about both those slammers. Yeah, what would you what would you pay for my slammer? Do you know what a slammer is? I know what a slammer is. Dude, it's good good memes. What was so fascinating about
0: Pog is. I still don't think I know the rules. Nobody does. And I still think every time I played it, I didn't
1: actually give up the Pogs that I lost. Uh, It was like Pokemon. I I never knew how to play Pokemon. Had a lot of cards. I got kicked out of our Pog
2: League at the (laughs) drive-thru, or the pickup drive-thru in elementary school because I had an O.J. Simpson slammer, a picture of O.J. Simpson behind bars, (laughs) and it would clean up house. People would go home without Pogs because of me. So I got kicked out. (laughs) That raises more
0: questions than answers. Um, I was going to bring up uh, why you got kicked out of, uh, or why we no longer let you play craps with us uh, junior year. But that, in light of the OJ reference, I think we're just going to have to keep this train moving. Um, Welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast. I am
2: joined, as always, by Steven Pearson. How are you doing today, bud? European midweeks are back, and I'm warming up a cast iron for steak night in the oven, so life's pretty good. And I am proud to have,
0: returning from injury, live and in living color, Michael, David, Mitz, Picks, Mitzner. What's up? Good to have you, buddy. Thanks. I've been slamming oat milk in your absence. Because of the withdrawals that I've had from the silky friskiness that you bring to the Just for Kicks galaxy. Happy to be back, Joe. I hear you've tried quite a bit more milks. That grammar was terrible, but let's leave it on. I've, <laughs> I've heard you've tried quite. This is like a meet the parents reference.
2: I, I like milks as a plural.
0: <laughs> We're going with it. Well, I, I generally try to avoid the phrasing a lot because of somebody who was very strict on me when I was younger in life. It, um, it is plural, though. So it totally disrupted me, but tell me about your milk voyage. And uh, we'll talk about placenta at the end of the episode.
1: Moala well, never got back to me. I was like, if you guys want a sponsorship opportunity, hit me up. I've been trying your milks. And Moala well, never responded, so I'm moving on. Well, I'm not moving on
0: from my amazing oat milk lattes. They're great. They're just
2: they're just too good. But can I chime in real quick? You just did. <laughs> I did the I did the hazelnut latte and as someone who was not originally invested in this conversation, oat milk is better. You were correct, Joey.
1: I I am I appreciate on behalf of the milk community, alternative milk community, I appreciate you giving it a go though.
0: Shout out Harvey Milk. We are alt milk. Shout out to Harvey Milk.
1: Um unless well, the unless the dairy board wants to sponsor us, then I will I'll go back to maybe skim. Two percent.
0: It's a little heavy. I'll eat a wheel of cheese every thirty minutes if it comes to it. <laughs> I love cheese. But let's let's get down to business because we have one of those rare podcasts that you cherish, where I can say something like, "Well, the game we've all been waiting for went down, and it did not disappoint." Oh boy! And you, my friend, you don't know which game I'm referring to. Spoiler alert: It is not the Super Bowl. It's a good game though. I'm talking. Yeah. Hmm. I'm talking about Manchester City and Arsenal. Top two sides in the Premier League table. The new old guard against the old guard trying to wrestle back the mantle. Nah, I'm talking about Bayern PSG. Our de facto Champions League semi. And we do have quite a bit of action to get to in the Premier League, but I must start with what Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Hakimi, Sergio Ramos, Ferrati, and all the other players who made their way onto the pitch Tuesday for one of the most listless, disjointed performances I have ever seen. Steve Byron left Paris up 1-0 after a performance from PSG that was so milk a I do not know how Byron did not pour more into the back of the net. Am I being harsh?
2: No. <laughs> PSG made me very angry today. Um, I think the words I used in our text message were, what did I say? Atrocious? Yeah, you were pissed. Shameful. Um, frankly, the first 45 minutes, they looked like they had had a collective lobotomy. And then in the second half, they were better and threatening, but you know, something more resembling like drunk Friday FIFA with some last-ditch defending, some inconsistent goalkeeping, and then just pumping through balls to their fastest players. Um, Everyone but Mbappe, maybe sometimes Messi, Ramos was all right, had a pretty rough outing. um, Mbappe was good? Oh, yeah. When he came on? Yeah, he came on. But this is the thing about PSG. is like, what are they? They have all the money in the world, and they still have no identity except for, can the best player in the world help us? And the answer at this level is no. I, um, or can the best player in the world solve this problem for us? And at this level, the answer is no. But yeah, Mbappe is the only reason they have hope going into the second leg.
0: So given the talent of PSG, is this why they're conditioned to only give a damn in bursts? I mean, despite all of this, despite this atrocious display, despite the fact that, you know, Up and McConnell thought he was Paul Scholes for like, 12 minutes because their midfields were just, was so lazy. They were just like, no, we're, we're not going to stop anything that comes through the middle. But if it were not for Jan Summers' forehead, this likely would have ended as a draw. Mike, we saw flashes of brilliance from Messi, but he can't carry this team against Bayern by his lonesome.
1: Can he? That was weird is, like, so transparently didn't wasn't able to catch this game so i got i got to go back and watch some some film uh based on text message threads looking at some stuff after the fact um seems like they were on one hand lucky to get out of there or lucky to leave home only losing by one and then on the other hand it was almost like they took a draw away from it and so what's weird is this almost feels like the Saudi Arabia, Argentina moment, right? Like if, if you told most people going into the world cup that Argentina would lose the Saudi Arabia first game, you're like, Oh man, they're going to have a terrible world cup and they won it. So maybe this is just me cl- like grasping at straws. Cause I picked PSG to win the whole thing. But my hope is that it's, <laughs> it can only go up from here before I move forward.
0: Let's bring in Steve for another addition of goalkeeping corner. Because Kingsley Coman was dangerous all night. There's no way around that. He continually put himself in position to allow for overlap play that would either retain possession or allow him to do things that would generate not the highest percentage opportunities, but keep things grinding. On balance. None of his volleys were, shall I say, world-class. But he kept them coming, he kept peppering Donnarama, and eventually one got in. Steve, at this level, how inexcusable
2: was that howler from Donnarama? Yeah, he should have saved that point blank. Um, Either a kick save or a more efficient dive, he just... I don't think he went with the right part of his body and the way that he chose to go with his hands and his dive wasn't even technical enough Robbie Green talked about <clears throat> talked about it a lot on the broadcast um I mean not to get super technical, but basically he didn't make the right decision and he didn't execute in any reasonably efficient way so i i it came down to a goalkeeping mistake honestly um surprised Byron didn't pour more in, but at the same time um that's currently the difference, and that was a very savable volley. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Koman always is like. Incredibly dangerous when I watch him. Yes. But does he have some? Does he smoke? Does he have some physical defect? Because he never plays 90 minutes. He's either a late sub or subs off. Like, I don't understand. I was about
0: to
1: say. He's like a better Yannick Carrasco. Dude, he's he,
0: he's he, dangerous as hell. Coleman is
1: good. And I feel like sometimes I forget that he's on Bayern
0: He scored the winner against PSG in the Champions League. What was it, 2010? 2020?
1: He's great. He's great. And what's weird is he he had, like, a two-year loan from Juve, which is very bizarre, especially for somebody who was playing for their country and going, like, the Juve to Bayern move? Is it up? Is it down? I don't know. Like, I, I would argue that it's an upwards move but the in T.S. any Ligt case Ligt would definitely argue it's
2: upwards yes <laughs>
1: i mean as would variety I, I i think psg's lucky to be getting Bayern right now because Bayern has had sort of a stop start season and they still don't look quite right just in in general and i feel like there's more parody than they're used to in the bundesliga and I don't know. It's a, this is a very interesting matchup against two teams that are playing kind of sluggish right now. That either could still win this entire competition. Oh, absolutely.
2: Eh. So Kingsley Coman has played in thirty matches, started eleven
1: this season. He's only played ninety minutes three times. I don't understand. It's weird. I, I don't know, man. Anyway, I mean, look look at their depth out wide, though. That's that's maybe what it is. It's kind of like the when you play FIFA, like any sort of a manager mode or something like that right like you're subbing dudes like you've got like your sub rotation because it's like oh i'm stacked at winger i'm stacked at striker i got to make sure to get these guys in it's the only thing i can think of cuz it's not like he looks like he's losing it and he's like you know completely wiped but there is quite a bit of depth on that side though i mean to bring in to bring in nabri yeah
0: you know he had sane um you know nagelsmann buck the trend and Started Cancelo on the left, even though it seemed like he largely operated on the right most of the match. Still so weird. It was, uh, it's an embarrassment of riches at Bayern Munich. Um, but hey, but their best player is a homegrown. Yes, he is. And this is the round, Steve, where you know, before things get super tight, and again, both these teams have very important matches in their domestic leagues between now. And the return fixture. But there is a long time to figure out and watch tape and look at the embarrassment of riches that both these sides have. Looking forward, if you're PSG,
2: what must you do in this return fixture? It's funny you say embarrassment of riches because I think that they are literally embarrassing and rich. (laughs) But... I don't know. I don't understand. They had some positives in the second half. Their left side with Mendes and Mbappe was just enough to give them hope for the second leg. But honestly, it was a really lame output. They almost had no strategy. They have a gili- gajillion dollars. And they were basically just hoping that they would survive long enough for Mbappe to get healthy. And, you know, it's a shame that someone that can change a game like that isn't 100% healthy. I think he's probably the best player on the planet right now, but he looked like it today. You have to have a better plan B than that. And we're talking about PSG. You have Messi, Neymar, Verratti, all the money in the world. Like not having Mbappe on the field is not an excuse to not go for it. It was embarrassing. I frankly want them out of the tournament now because I don't want to watch them just, you know, stub their toe all over the field while throwing money in the air. I mean, I, I would love to say you're being dramatic or petty, but it, it, that was really, really the vibe of today's match at home. I'm just, just sick of it. Like, they've done it the last two tournaments. They just, they go out against teams that are, you know, really good, but they're PSG. Like, you should, what's all the money for?
0: I just can't imagine being a fan of that side, shelling out all the money that I shelled out for that match, and going out and watching that happen at the park de Princes, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I always make fun of season ticket holders who like used to go to giants games and boo every match. But, um, I don't know. I might have Stockholm syndrome at this point if I was a PSG fan, but we'll see what happens. I didn't see anything that made me think other than the Pavard red card at the end, which will prevent a, a, I thought a, brilliant tactical move that Nagelsmann's been employing lately, both domestically and in this match. It's going to make, uh, make him have to go back to the drawing board in regards to that, but not a lot of signs for hope moving forward. Also, not a lot of signs moving forward for Tottenham Hotspur. And Mike, last week, Steve and I really really talked about this line. And um, <laughs> I was so harsh on Tottenham that the Arsenal fan actually had to tell me, dude, AC Milan has been so bad lately that, like, he got of give Spurs a chance in this one. Nah. But then you called out the Leicester match, and then we saw this just, just completely lifeless performance yet again from an Antonio Conte team. I mean, how damning would another first-round exit be for Antonio Conte? I mean, it's AC Milan at the peak of their powers they're very have been very good this year and recently and they always do well in Europe but he's out of uh, room for excuses
1: yeah at the same time though I think Antonio Conte probably has a a more well-stocked trophy cabinet than the entirety of Spurs as a club Uh, no disrespect to Spurs just a comment on I've always a very good point I've always felt like Conte being at Spurs is kind of interesting and it's no dis, this is honestly no disrespect to Spurs. It's just always felt like kind of an interesting marriage. Um, You know, they've, they've kind of gone after the quote unquote high profile manager, you know, Jose Mourinho being the last one. So it's, it's, it's one of those weird things where it's like, it is damning. Like I think that his days are numbered at Spurs, but at the same time, you get fired by Spurs and then picked up by like a Juventus as an example. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad sort of trajectory so it it's interesting it's it's just they they look very poor right now. I think that that city win was maybe the peak of their entire season. I truly think that I think they lose again against West Ham this weekend mm-hmm. and they just it's it, they're a very bizarre side. Like they, they've relied. My my last note I want to make is Hoyberg has had an absolutely fantastic season. He has, and I think he it's really he's been, been he's been amazing. And I I think that you know he was a Bayern youth guy, and now he's sort of very quietly helping that team play better than they are. They they kind of look confused, and so I feel I feel like Conte may have lost them.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And just going back to your original point, uh Steve in a way do you look at Antonio Conte and how you associated him with his glory at Juventus and just you know, everything he's done in his career and when he got hired, obviously he was in a you know, bad run before that with his previous sides, but mm. um it was the same thing as when Ancelotti went to Everton. I was almost just like, is there not a better landing spot? for these guys forgot about in that. In, the, in the entire entirety of world football or am I being harsh
2: yeah I've always thought it was a weird marriage between the two of them it felt like Spurs was a little bit below Conte but they still might It doesn't be. seem to, yeah I, I, I tend to agree you know the squad wasn't really made for his very well drilled and specific system they've gotten some signings in that have improved that but you know over the last week since we last talked um LaRice has gone down and I mean he was going downhill as far as aging goes but now he's out for a couple of months Beton has is torn his ACL and you know I kind of tend to agree with Mike it feels like they might have already seen their peak this season they're falling like flies and I still don't think this really says anything too terrific about AC Milan they were the least worst but yeah Spurs is <laughs> Spurs is on the struggle bus right now
0: So we're not going to bury the lead, even though we did say that the match that we want to talk about is Bayern Munich and PSG. Because we have, for the time being, a new team at the top of the Premier League table. Steve, City has now beaten Arsenal twice in a row. More than that. Twice in a row. Um, But yes, in this calendar year, twice in a row the first match uh, that FA Cup where city just had to win um, you know I, I'm willing to kind of throw that out I'm, uh, I'm willing to kind of that's a wash this one on balance Arsenal did seem like the better side over the course of 95 minutes but at the end of the day This story is starting to feel a little familiar. How are you feeling right
2: now? I agree. I think Arsenal was mostly the better team. They certainly had more of the initiative and they were able to stymie Man City pretty well. But they made a couple youthful mistakes, and Man City was just kind of the big brother with their arm on their forehead, being like, as soon as you make a mistake, we're going to kill it. KDB, of all people, was the first person the chance fell to, and there's very few people more, more ruthless than that, and... Yeah, from that point, it just kind of felt like Arsenal was punching uphill. They had a really good response, but ultimately it wasn't enough. Man City just kind of looked like the grown-ups in the room and really looked like champions, to be frank.
0: Yeah, I mean, they did, and how Arsenal is able to respond moving forward, I mean, this is, it's on. And this was a fixture that we were eyeing as something that would be a Tremendous opportunity for the Gunners to, to not only take a significant lead, but maybe kill this title race. Um, I still think Arsenal is going to win the title. I still think that um, they would out that they would outplay City on a neutral site seven times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten. Watching this match didn't change that opinion, and you know, I didn't even think it was kind of a collective immaturity. I just thought you know there were some pressure packed moments, and Arsenal um as Mr. Mike always says, fate, luck and chance it did not go their way um Do you think there's a larger existential issue here? Do you think that Arsenal got carried away playing their new and improved advanced gunner ball and started to lack that pragmatism, or do you think, hey, it happens.
2: Yeah, I think it's more of the latter. Um, they made a few mistakes and they got punished and they weren't able to take advantage of, you know, three or four half chances that in those situations against those kind of teams, you got to be able to win on those margins. But ultimately, I thought they were really impressive. They still have a game in hand. And yes, they have to go to Manchester City. But I think yesterday, despite being deflating for Arsenal, was... There were enough suggestions that they won't be favorites going to the Etihad. They're not favorites for the rest of the title race, but they're very capable of pulling this back. Um, I mean, they were incredibly impressive in a number of categories, but that was the lowest percentage of possession a Pep Guardiola team has ever had. It was the lowest pass completion that at least he's had at Man City, and XG, granted Arsenal, had a penalty was two hundredths of a point different so you know three one you have chances falling to erling holland and kevin de bruyne versus eddie and Kettia, that makes a big difference but you know i think on another day arsenal very much could have at least drawn this and potentially won it
0: coming up next we have a special edition of factor fiction right after this So, guys, there were a lot of draws, a lot of draws this weekend. There were a lot of Manchester teams responding to those draws by accumulating points, and Leicester smoked uh, Tottenham. Any Anything else jump off the page um, to you guys from this weekend? I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea, um, Liverpool reminded us that on their day, they can beat an Everton team that sits 18th in the Premier League table?
1: I'd say the thing that stuck out to me is, and I've had a couple of conversations about it, Erling Haaland really is regressing to the mean, which you can't fault him. Dude came out of the gates and scored, you know, a quarter century of goals pretty freaking fast. But it's weird. It It feels like, He's starting to get some niggling injuries. He's starting to feel the, the, the pain of the Prem, so to speak. I would say that that might be a bigger deal coming out of this weekend than even some of the results that we saw. I think that it could potentially turn the tide of the, the title race in terms of City still having a shot to them not having a shot if that becomes a bigger concern. That would be my only call up.
0: Well, let's start there. Fact or Fiction. Because I, I do think that this is far closer than people may think. Harry Kane will catch Erling Holland in the Golden Boot Race.
2: Steve Factor fiction. Be interesting to see if Holland's health um, keeps him sidelined for a minute. I think he's definitely going to get some rest as Champions League ramps up. But my guess is he's built just enough of a cushion to survive any late advance from Harry Kane, even though it's important to note that this is one of Harry Kane's best seasons of all time, despite the insane lack of publicity. Yeah. Mike, does Harry have it in him?
1: I think he does. I think this is a fact. I think Harry Kane is the golden boot winner this year. He's got 17 right now at the time of recording to Holland's 25. But to Steve's point, City's probably going to, be in Champions League longer as well so Kane will be solely focused on the league soon so how many goals wins the golden boot 30
2: 30 I think if you get to 32 you gotta you gotta be safe
1: <sighs> I wanted to stay 32 but like 15 is a big ask you don't think Erling Holland's is gonna score six more goals I think it's his health fair enough I I, 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 I don't I, I think Halan's gonna miss potentially half of the and this is complete speculation. Like, it's not like he's got an injury that's keeping him out for half of the games from here until the end. I'm just saying. It feels like he's starting to break down a little bit. And I could be completely wrong. He's still very young.
0: So on that note, Antonio Conte won't finish the season at Spurs. Fact or fiction? Michael, start with you.
1: I'm going fiction because Harry Kane... (laughs) with his golden boot is going to get them just far enough to where they cordially part ways after the season.
2: The old fifth-place handshake?
1: hmm
2: <laughs> Yeah, so if they're in touching distance of fourth, you can't fire a manager, but I expect them to ultimately find themselves disappointed at the end of the season. And agreed. It just seems like Conte and Spurs have kind of had their little foray, and it's time to go to separate ways. Yeah, agreed. So, on again... On that note, the team that
0: is causing a five-alarm fire at Tottenham, Leicester, is it safe to say now they're going to avoid the drop? Now that they have Madison actually playing in the correct position? <laughs> I'll start with
1: you, Mike. Uh, yeah, it's a fact. They they have picked it up dramatically. And Steve and I were, were chatting uh, earlier Ian Nacho, I think Steve said he's convinced him on three separate occasions that he was on pace to become the greatest player ever. <laughs> Dude, he goes through flashes of like every single game is like two goals and two assists, and then it's like subbed on 56 minutes. And so I think that, I don't know, they, they've got it going on right now, man. They're, they're riding the Momo, and um, watch them finish like top 10. Right? Like, that, that's how tight the year is. And it's not impossible. Forest for Champions League. Let's go.
2: Yeah. Steve? Well, since I called them wet trash, they've gotten a draw and two wins. So, I'll uh, eat a little crow here. I, I, I think they're still on the up and up. Um, I, yeah, I think they'll avoid the drop. They bought, like, one guy. It's so weird.
1: Sometimes that makes all the difference.
2: Quality over quantity,
1: Mike. I mean, Tete has made all the difference. Madison is able to play in the hole, which is... Mm-hmm. Mike said that because he likes Nottingham
2: Forest, who have bought over under 74 people.
1: All right, don't even get me started.
0: Speaking of Nottingham Forest and Lester avoiding the drop, are we now comfortable saying that in all likelihood, Southampton and Bournemouth, even though we may not be rooting for it, are probably
2: going to finish the season in the relegation zone? factor fiction. Steve, I want to say fiction because I just don't see the teams that come back to them. Like I I think they have a chance to, you know, pick up points here and there, but I just don't see West Ham being this bad the rest of the season. Same. Wolves are getting better. Nottingham Forest I think is fine, and we just talked about Leicester. Oh, I'm
0: convinced Wolves is going to win the league next year at this point. <laughs> like Con- Hey, Kaizen, man. Lopetegi is out of control. Um But speaking of Wolves winning the league next year, (laughs) is this the most parody that has ever existed in the Premier League era since 1992? Is this the tightest from top to bottom, the most quality, which, again, speaks volumes to how just nutty uh, Mike's ability to pick matches and and parse sense from some of these things is, um, especially with the World Cup smack dab in the middle of the season. Is this the most parody we've ever seen In the Premier League. Guys, uh, I think it is. Mike, what do you think?
1: From what I can remember, yes. Just because from 10th to bottom, 16 points. It's five wins, right? Ish. Yeah. From 10th to first, 20 points. Call it seven wins so it's like it doesn't take a lot like we were talking about lester a few weeks ago like steve is saying basically being like dude they're probably going down and now all of a sudden it's like oh after three weeks they're great so i i do feel like this has the most parody because there's nobody who's doomed and there's nobody who's like set i i don't know who's gonna win the title it could be one of four different teams
0: and speaking of which, Ooh, Arsenal, who's who's the fourth? Who's the fourth?
1: Newcastle, bro. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm not
2: not crazy enough to rule it out at this point. What were you saying, <laughs> Steve? i mean, just to speak to the parody. Arsenal lost uh, a week or two ago to Everton, which you know odds on was surprising, but I think most people saw the signed new manager bounce. Uh, Arsenal's had a bad away record at Goodison Park. Man United drew and had to come from behind to do so at Ellen Road last week, and those are two of the worst teams in the league against two of the teams that we all consider to be in the title race. So um, I, it, it, it it's one of the most entertaining years. It, the league seems to keep getting more and more condensed talent-wise, top to bottom, uh, and yeah, it, the parity is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think
0: the quintessential Example of that is how Jurgen Klopp has found it so difficult to navigate this season compared to previous seasons. He just – he looks like he's seeing a ghost when he puts sides out that he thinks should take care of business and they they struggle mightily. Um, They didn't against Everton, um, which leads me to the next question because if you look at the table, things are suddenly – suddenly in – position for us to play steve's favorite game which always involves whether liverpool can make it in the top four but we'll make it a little a little different brighton is a bigger threat than liverpool
1: to the champions league spots factor fiction we'll start with you mike listen i'm gonna say fact but i've been Liverpool critic numero uno on this podcast. I'm going to say that Brighton will still finish above Liverpool in the league table. Neither of them are sniffing champions league. So a little bit of a cop out. I think Brentford is a bigger threat than Liverpool to the champions league. Again, I don't think they get there, but they're solid.
0: Let's just open this one up for the sake of clarity. Other then Tottenham. Steve, who do you think is the biggest threat to make the top four?
2: Can you name the three teams who have not lost in the calendar year 2023? Three teams that have not lost. Is Brentford one of them? Brentford is one of them. Fulham?
1: Mm-mm. Dang
2: it. Uh, Fulham did just give the Trees their first loss of the year. Nottingham, Nottingham Forest is very high on this list.
1: I was about to say, I mentioned last week that Forest is one of the form sides. That one hurt me. Uh, Man United. United.
2: Man United lost. Um, Brighton and Brentford are both undefeated in the calendar year, third and fourth in the table, but they've of the calendar year, but played fewer games. The other is Newcastle, who is just picking up draws left and right.
1: Wait a minute, who did United lose to? Arsenal. Oh, Arsenal. Yeah, um, I forgot about those guys. That's a that's a that's a fun one.
0: And and there's going to be a rubber
2: match in the Europa League. Yeah, dude. Brighton and Brentford are. All up in this, two of the best teams in the league, in my personal opinion, not title outside of the title race, at least. Um, I, I think Brighton's more of a threat to top four. I almost want to say one of these two teams is going to get it because I think it would be an amazing story. Um, they'll probably run out of gas, but yeah, Brighton and Brentford to finish in European places. I am feeling pretty good about that. Brentford is like sneaky good. Thomas Frank is amazing. Yeah, yes. Whatever you are bad at, they are going to be like bees on honey. Oh, no pun intended. There are the bees. Nice. Thank you very much. I didn't mean to do that. That was Ooh. delightful. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I loved when they came in last year cause they were willing to play toe to toe with anybody. And then this year he's completely switched around. He's just like, whatever, we're just going to pick at all of your scabs. Like we're just going to make this the, your least favorite game of the year. And they've taken points off of almost everybody at the top of the table.
1: Um, mm-hmm. When they beat up on Man United, everyone was like, oh, Man United's screwed. And then it's like, wait a minute, they're really, like, Brighton and Brentford both beat up on United. And then now fast forward, those losses don't look bad.
2: They're both fascinating. There's no way Roberto Zerbi and Thomas Frank are managing these two teams for multiple more seasons.
1: What about if they're in the champs, bro?
2: That would be amazing.
1: That would be amazing. Speaking
0: of amazing... When we come back, Mike, live, and like I said, in living color for another edition of Mitt's Picks on the Just for Kicks podcast. Welcome back to the Just for Kicks podcast. We have Michael, David, Mitt's, Picks, Mitzner here for another week of stellar ways to line Your pockets. Like I say, the best betting tips in all the galaxy. He gave you Lester Spurs. He told you, if you dare bet on West Ham, Chelsea, make sure that you cover yourself in the event of a draw. This week, well, I got my popcorn ready, and I put down my oat milk. What do you got for
1: us? All right. So top three bets this week going to pop a bonus one on social on Friday but top bet is and this is actually a toss up for me top bet and second bet but I'm going to go top bet Everton leads draw that's at plus 220 both of these teams would be happy with a point coming out of this you referenced it earlier Sean Dyche has Everton fighting and I took a note here they don't look completely crap which is a huge improvement from the Everton we saw under Frank Lampard Leeds looks rejuvenated. A lot of times when a manager leaves all of a sudden your entire squad's like, wait, I have a chance to break into this starting lineup. That's what it looks like to me right now. You got Sinister playing pretty decently. Natomo. Am I pronouncing that right? Oh yeah. Uh, am I? I don't know. Anyways, they, they look, they look like they're on the front foot right now. So I, I feel like this game, I don't know why I want to pick 2-2 two, two exact, but I feel like this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be a draw. Number two bet. This is the one where I almost wanted to place it. Number one, Brentford's only minus 115 against Palace. I feel like Palace is getting the benefit of their draw against Brighton with these odds being set near even for Brentford. Mm-hmm. I think you absolutely smash this one. I think Brentford at home is just going to walk all over them. And then third, I've got Wolves-Bournemouth. That's a draw at plus 270. We talked about Wolves being improved, and I agree. But I also think that Bournemouth has been sneakily playing a little bit better every game. And I think they are going to leave the Molyneux with a point here. I'm picking a nil-niller, so maybe not the most exciting game to watch. But at plus 270, that's a nice little juicer to, to take home for the weekend. So those are my top three bets of this week. Good luck, kids. So,
0: kids, that is the Everton Leeds draw plus 220, Brentford minus 115 over Crystal Palace, and the Wolves Bournemouth draw at plus 270. Before we
1: go, what are you guys going to be watching this weekend? Mike? Uh, I'm watching Newcastle Liverpool Saturday. I'm watching Forest City. I'm supporting my boys. They're on USA, the marquee fixture at 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. I I think Forest wins this one. I'm a homer. I'm biased. Plus 850. Hit it. Wow. Wawa. Weewa.
0: Steve, what are you going to be watching? Uh, other than other than Forest. <laughs> Beating City, wow!
2: Are we to the point of the season where you start watching the really bad teams play each other because of the relegation scrap, or are we like a few weeks away from that? We're, we're close. I think we're there, man. I, th- I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna break the seal this weekend. I'm gonna watch Everton versus Leeds at ten o'clock Saturday. Loser goes to the drop zone. If they draw, they might both be in it. Um, both these teams are starting to enter desperation mode, so it should be quite a scrap. That will
0: be a scrap indeed. Another match that I hope will be the scrappiest of scrap fests. Liverpool, Newcastle, Saturday, February 18th, 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Peacock Premium. If Liverpool can get three points out of this... But they won't. All of a sudden, a lot of people are going to be looking over
1: their shoulders. So. It's a revenge match.
2: Oh, it is. I forgot about that.
1: Is Bruno healthy, though? Because they miss... He's suspended. He missed the heck out of him. Yeah. I think he's suspended one more match. One more? Hold on.
2: And I don't think they've won without him this year.
1: No, they haven't. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is one more. Shoot, I thought he was back. Yep. Whoopsies. It's going to be harder. Whoopsie daisies, indeed. They
0: have a mountain to climb. But if anybody can do it, we know that Newcastle United can do it. Thanks for listening to the Just for Kicks podcast. Please follow us on Instagram. You can check us out at the Just for Kicks Podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Just for Kicks FC. And whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of the other wonderful places that you can now find the greatest medium in all of entertainment. Podcasts, of course. Make sure to subscribe, like, interact, just like point at the screen, touch our logo, like do the E T thing. We'll feel it. We'll feel it deep down in our souls, and we'll appreciate it. It's been the Just for Kicks podcast. Steve, you got anything to add? Mike, you got anything to add? You, I've, I opened this up out of uh, courtesy, and then I end up getting like lightning in the bottle—the best five to ten minutes of the podcast, last couple episodes. So, kind of terrified, and I'm kind of excited.
2: Do you have anything? I got something. Oh, what you got? Shout out, congratulations to David De Gea tied Peter Schmeichel's Manchester United clean sheet record. No way. Huh. And quite a few more appearances, but yes, he tied it. Huh. Also, Real Madrid yet again, club World Cup
0: champions. Does it ever get old? Or it's just like the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. Oh, I got some on that too. Sorry. What you got? Thanks for bringing it up.
2: That was their 100th trophy.
0: Ooh. Is it sad that I said that I think
2: only 100? Yes. (laughs) Uh, So just to give you some context, Liverpool, I believe, has the most in England at 70. Somewhat more of like a dominant contemporary. Bayern Munich has 82. The only teams who really hold a candle to this are Celtic and Rangers, who have basically a duopoly in Scotland with 113 and 121. Oh, wow.
1: That's a fun one. Wow. 100
2: trophies is... Preposterous.
1: Well, when you're playing somebody in... needs to take over hearts so uh, Real can catch up. Am I right? I was about to say, when you're playing in La Liga, I mean, I guess I don't
2: know. Well, most of those La Liga titles haven't even come recently. Like they go up against Barcelona, and the Champions League is just their tournament at this point.
0: And a lot of those Champions Leagues they lost La Liga to
1: really, really good Barca sides. So, I mean, they've there's been, there's been quality sides down the down the years but that the Celtic Rangers one, that's a that's a fun guy.
0: That is a fun guy. And um Hall of Madrid, a hundred trophies. Hats off. Hats off. Well, it's been fun. We'll talk to you again next week. Drink milk. Later.